Welcome back everyone and a special welcome to all the new listeners. It's your host Akuna Nolokwe for the Unfiltered Truth series here with another episode. A turn. In your mind's eye, picture a compass. North, east, south and west. Now let's take east as our reference angle with zero degrees as our starting point. Mathematically, that makes north 90 degrees, and if we're going anti-clockwise, then west would be our 180 degree mark. Now, if you're in the woods, traveling east, but you end up getting lost without even realizing it, next thing, you find yourself in an unknown location, not knowing how you got there, or whether or not you'll be able to find your way back to the correct path. You've run out of supplies that you carried along with and that tent you thought you brought along turns out it hadn't even been there to begin with. You're exposed to the elements. There's no shelter to keep you covered. Days upon days, you go without food. You begin to wither away little by little. But suddenly... Deep inside your pockets, you begin to feel and find that you're not without all supplies. In fact, you still have your compass. Your mind was too distracted on your lack of, wrapped around the cemented fact in your brain that you were lost with no way of being rescued. With your compass in your hand, it points west. That's the opposite to where you've been traveling the whole time. You turn around to position yourself west and begin journeying along with your eyes fixed on that compass to point you in that right direction. The same can be said about living a life with your back turned against God. No one plans on turning their back But once the focus is not on God, but in other things, we get distracted and end up getting lost in our walk with God. We find ourselves in situations where we do not know where, how, and why we ended up there. The critical part to this is that we think and eventually start to believe that we will never make it back to the right path. Let's have a glimpse at what Luke 13 verse 2 says. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galilean were worse sinners than all other Galilean because they suffered such things? To give context, Jesus at this time was told that Pontius Pilate, the Roman prefect or governor, if you wish, of Judea, had given orders for some people from Galilee Galilee to be killed. No one is susceptible to sin. I mean, everyone is susceptible to sin. When sin was birthed after Eve ate the apple in the Garden of Eden or the forbidden fruit, if we're not labeling any fruit to this, this meant that we were all born in a world of sin 
sin separated us from God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We were able to receive this gift when God sent Jesus, His Son, to this earth to die for our sins, that death and sin would no longer separate us from God. To bring things into the reality that we live in, when growing up, our elders may have always warned us about the company we kept, ensuring that we made the right friends, as bad company corrupts good character. These teachings were instilled in us from a young age and we were protected from the effect of the influence that would lead to sin. It's so easy to fall into sin. It doesn't even have to be as violent as murder or as serious as adultery. Lies are considered sin. Anything that is not from God, and what I mean by that is anything that is written about the way that God wants us to live and the perfect example set by Jesus. Anything besides that is sin. The thing about sin is that it's masked to seem so attractive and appealing that it makes your natural mind once you get it. To me, the whole aspect of partying and alcohol was the most appealing sin since the world was doing it. And it was so normalized, it still is normalized in today's society, that when we get into university or of being of age, that we have this free pass to get into all of those things. It was what I deemed to be what made me like everyone else. And I found all these ways of justifying my actions that I couldn't even keep up. But what I failed to realize then was that I was not of this world. I might have been in the world. But as a child of God, I was already set apart. My deliverance came from the fact that I made God my compass. My full testimony is covered in the first episode for those of you who want to know more. I had to abandon my way of doing things and look at the God ways, the godly ways, which meant turning my back from the old life, and by old life I mean a sinful life that I used to live and make God my way maker again. I had already been saved and had backslidden, which is testament to the fact that it can happen to anyone whether you are saved or unsaved. Back to Luke 13, this time in verse 3. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. It carries on to say in verse 4, or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? Verse 5. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. This is not meant to scare you. 
But to wrap your head around the fact that if we do not turn back our backs against our former ways of doing things before our time is up on this earth, we will die and face eternity in the depths of hell. But here's the good part about it. God is a forgiving God. So when we repent, He forgives our sins and we are washed clean and times of refreshment are able to be released from God to us. And this comes from Acts 3 verse 19, if you want to look it up. The first step to turning back to God comes with the realization that you've gone astray. The moment you acknowledge that and want to fix things, because you may acknowledge it, and I mean, you may, and I know it is very difficult at times when you're like, okay, yes, I've been there. I've been like, okay, no, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I will carry on doing it anyways, which is obviously like the improper way of doing things. But when we're so caught up in the trap of like what we're used to doing, like the old way of doing things, like the bad way of doing things, um, we become to justify, we become more likely to justify our actions and more likely to think that what we're doing is right in a way that we continue to head further into where we're not supposed to go. This is a very dangerous way of handling things and it gets very serious. It gets to a point where you're like, okay, no, this person is of no return. But nothing is impossible to God. The next step needs you to be able to allow God into your life by making him your Lord and Savior, either by returning to him or giving up your unsaved life to be saved. Making that 180 degree turn, leaving your old life behind and having God as your compass. This may take time. It's a decision that needs to be made by you and solely you. No one can tell you that you need to get saved. But also no one can talk you out of being saved. Now, our stories and our journeys with God are not the same. Our testimony is our testimony. That is your story. That is your own personal story. No one can say that they have the exact same. And it's not meant to be like that. We may have similar ways that we may have been doing things either incorrectly or ways that we want to know how to grow and that we can implement into our lives that are similar. But everything is specified and tuned into your walk, tuned into your way and your relationship and your fellowship with God. It comes with you you are that piece you are that missing piece and god god is the compass god guides you god directs you god heals you he's your peacemaker he 
he becomes everything that you need him to be and more. The more and more you grow and develop your faith, the more and more you are able to see and appreciate and acknowledge the works that he has done in your life and your faith your faith accelerates into a place where you don't even think of putting your trust in man because man always fails, but God does not. And he never will. Trust me, he won't start with you. The third step is living out what it is that God has in store for you. This comes from developing a fellowship bond with God and being malleable when studying out and discovering more from the word of God. Faith without works is dead. And that comes from James chapter 2 verse 26, which I paraphrase. Practicality comes to play. That's when we put what we have learned and we apply it into real life. We apply it into our daily situations applying it just because we know something it makes it even more special to God it makes it more meaningful when we are able to carry it out into our daily lives when we are able to build more and more trust because that's how we build trust that's how we build trust into God in God Because we're able to see that, no, I can rely on God. And as humans, um, we may be a bit apprehensive when it comes to things of trust and knowing how to trust people just because of the fact that we cannot put our full trust in man. But we know that we can put our trust in God. But the more and more you act out in what you have learned from the written word, from what you have learned from God and what he has said to you while you've been joining in relationship, the more you're able to trust him, the more you're able to depend on him, the more he is your compass, the more he becomes your compass, the more you seek for him. And I can go on with so many mores, but you get the gist of what I'm trying to say is that he becomes your comp- you just look to him because the way you trust a compass to be able to tell you where to go, which direction, that's what God will become. That's how he will be able to work in your life and he can only work in your life if you let him. As a gentleman he is, he will not force you into things. So the more you're able to carry things out and do things in a practical sense, the more you allow God to be able to do more and more in your life. Because if you are trusted with a little, surely God will be able to trust you with a whole lot more. If you're listening to this episode and your life isn't right with God, either you've turned away from God unintentionally, which resulted you to backslide or you have not lived a life with God as your compass and you're saying today is the last day without God. I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. If you're wanting to get back in alignment with God, say after me. 
Dear Jesus, I admit my faults. I see my ways have led me to drift further away from you. And I am sorry. You continue to be my Lord and Savior, and I invite you in my life again. You are my compass. In Jesus' name, Amen. For those of you who are unsaved, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you by confessing to you that you are my Lord. I choose to follow in your ways and I know that I am saved according to your unchanging word. Amen. Congratulations. You have given your life to God. If it's your first time tuning into my podcast channel, I recommend going to listen to my previous and upcoming episodes where I share how to grow in your journey with God. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Now, if this message blessed you, don't forget to subscribe or follow Unfiltering Truth to receive notifications of when I upload next. Feel free to message me on my socials that I have listed in the description with any questions from today's episode or anything in general about journeying with God. Stay blessed. Happy holidays. Your host, Akona Nolokwe, for the Unfiltering Truth podcast series. Signing out for now.